I was able to change my battery. <laughs> Amen. Oh. Turn to the person on the other side and tell them God is good. Turn to the person on the other side and say, God loves me. Turn to the other person behind you and say, God loves you. Sheldon, loves you. you he loves you and he loves you and he loves you. My name is Mark, in case you didn't know, I'm the other Mark, the Mark with the K. And, uh, and this is my lovely wife, Rhonda. We are the family pastors here, been up for almost 20 years. And uh, I know, I'm getting old because now I'm seeing kids coming into our kids' ministry that their parents were in my kids' ministry. With like Ryan Dowling and Derek and my own daughter, and when I it blows my mind. Coached Matt in football in high school, and now he leads worship here. It's just it's amazing when we start to see that that circle, the circle of life. But in a church, especially, and we are so blessed at Desert Stream because we have such a vibrant family. Amen. And uh, I just want to honor moms this morning. Before we get started here, um, I'm here because of my mom, it, obviously, physically, <laughs> if it wasn't for her, but also spiritually. And I want to talk to moms, it was just in my heart this morning when we were here, moms, that maybe your kids aren't where, they're, where you'd like to see them at, spiritually. I'm one of those kids, and I want to give you hope, because... Um, growing up, I grew up in the church. I knew what, you know, knew the rules, but I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't follow God. I ran away from God when I got married, and Ron will talk a bit more about this. But I'm here because of the prayers of my mom. It's true. She physically gave me life, but she spiritually also was able to do that by Hours and hours of praying, asking God to protect me and to help fulfill the purpose of my life. And it happened when I was 29 years old, and Rhonda will tell you a bit more in our story, but I ended up being, having this wonderful life the last, it's hard to believe I'm 51 now, but since basically 29 to now, I've lived a life that I couldn't imagine before that. And so, moms, is, is there any moms here that are believing for their kids this morning? Yeah. Let, let, you know what? Let's just pray right now for your kids. Let's, let's do that. Amen? Because I, I just want to see your kids walk in their purpose. And I want to stand in agreement with you as one of those kids that made it through. Amen? So if you want to, if you want to pray for your kids, let's everybody stand. You know, we're gonna. This is like kids' church, full physical. This way, you don't fall asleep on me. If you're up and down, if you are still sitting, then we know you're sleeping. All right. But if you if you believe, you know, if you're a mom, your prayers are so powerful. They really are. When you're a Holy Ghost mom, whew, devil, look out because a mama bear. You know, you never go near a, a cub, you know. And that is a mom. You need to pray like a mama bear that the devil will stay away from your cubs. 
and that you can protect them and that they will step into the purpose that they have for their life. So, Heavenly Father, right now, we come before you and I stand in agreement with every mother here this morning who has got a, who's got a child, a teenager, maybe an adult that has knows better but isn't following God, isn't following you this morning right now. Well, Father, we stand in agreement right now, and we say, no more devil. Get your hands off those cubs right now in Jesus' mighty name. That, Father, that they have a purpose. You have a purpose for each and every one of these people. And that the devil has hands off. Hands off. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Every day, get up and say, my kids belong to God. My kids belong to God. My children belong to you, Father. You gave them to me. I give them to you. And you and I are going to get them back. That's what we need to believe. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. For now. Amen. Oh, I'm going to pass it over now to my lovely bride. And uh, she's, it's Mother's Day. And uh, so I thought it would be fitting for a, a mom of, how old are our kids again? 20? Okay, yeah, then they'll know how old you are. That's, <laughs> anyway, I won't get myself in trouble. But Rhonda's going to share with you uh, a bit of our journey and hopefully give you some hope. <laughs> Good morning. So Mark and I are celebrating our 30th anniversary this year, and uh, very excited about that. <laughs> Mark's always been very, very good at acknowledging anniversaries and making sure we celebrate them well. And we've been parents for 29 years this year, and we are so proud of our kids. And every time I, I was thinking about talking about them before I came up and just tears. Sarah is amazing. We're so proud of her. She is um, um, studying in uh, college to become an ECE. She has such an anointing on her life for children. Children, since she was little, have been drawn to her. And she is one of the most amazing moms. I learned so much from her. The way she's raising up her daughter, she's going to be teaching other people, others, how to parent because she has learned so much and she's got so many skills. She's a prayer warrior. She has steadfast faith. There has been times in our lives where, like, okay, we got to keep up to her because she is leading us by example. And uh, Sarah, we honor you this morning. Jonathan, we are so proud of you. We love our son so much. Um, he uh, carries a mantle on him. He's, he's a, a producer. He's uh, going to be shining a light in the film industry. And um, he has, uh, he's been walking in such incredible favor. And the way we've been seeing him accelerated. But beyond that, he honors us so well. He is an amazing son. And we love you so deeply. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about my kids. And Brittany, my goodness, she... <laughs> she she made our family whole. She, she was where we decided, okay, we, we are a full family now. And, and she carries such, she is an intercessor. And uh, a lot of times you'll see her behind the scenes more in front. But um, you see her 
um, operating in the cafe and, and painting. She's such a gift for the arts, and she's so anointed. And, and, uh, and those are the three children that we've birthed, but Dylan is our son-in-law, and he's just as much a part of the family as the rest of them, and he loves our daughter so well, and he works so hard, and uh, the two of them are going to do mighty, mighty things together, and uh, we're so, so proud of them. So Mark and I both grew up attending church, and uh, we actually met in youth group. And as time went on, a lot of people were surprised to hear that. They said, where did you guys meet? And so it gives you an idea of where our life was heading when, when people were surprised that they heard that we met in church. But um, I grew up going to church. My, um, my parents started going to the church that I grew up in when I was two years old. And I loved my church family so much. Um, if the church doors were open, I wanted to be there. My cousins... Um, who were my age that I that I was best friends with went to my church, and so it really was family for me. You know, we went out to church every Sunday after church together for dinner. Every Sunday night we went out. We were there at youth group all the time. And as I grew older, though, that changed for me. Um, church church became about rules, and uh, and not that that it needed to be. But for me, I I started to um, gravitate to things that I shouldn't, and so all I could think about was the rules. And um, once Mark and I were married, we basically stopped attending church. We became um, Christmas and Easter attenders. And, and if, if you're here today, just because it's Mother's Day, I pray that that changes for you as well. And Mark and I, after we got married, we were only married five months before I found out that I was pregnant. And uh, we didn't have a plan once we got married. We just, we just wanted to be together. Mark and I had dated for over six years. Um, we were quite young when we started dating. And we were in love, though, and we were just best friends. We did everything together. And since we dated for so long, we thought, you know, no big deal. That's okay that we're pregnant right away because we know each other. We don't need time to get to know each other. It's, it's all right. And um, the thing is, though, I've... I've oh, my pages are mixed up, honey. You better hold this while I, I fix them. What she was going to tell you is that out of the two of us, one of us wasn't ready to be a parent. No. Okay, maybe it was me. Yes, it was me. And, and, and so the, f the first part of our marriage, um, Mark was still growing up. And, and Mark put a lot of pressure on Rhonda um, and, and, and left her to raise, it's like you, you wanted babies, then there you go, but I'm still going to go out and be the college guy because we did, we did marry young and it was one of those things that um, I wasn't mature enough and I, I look back now and I'm just like, wow, um, what I put my wife through is um, that... It was almost not unforgivable, but it, well, it, it was. But God, there was times that it was close that we weren't going to be making it just because of my actions um, back when we first got married. And so dads and, or, or, or young, young husbands out there, it's teamwork. It's a 50-50. Um, I, 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 see, I see young, young guys, and, and I can tell the signs because that was me. Uh, on how some uh, some guys are acting, and I just want to I just want to tell you right now, it's time to grow up. 
I wish I had someone that would have told me sooner so I wouldn't have caused so much pain to my wife uh, over the first 10 years of our marriage. But, um, it, yeah, I know. I know. It, it, it was. That's why I love you. Um, but I just want to encourage young, young families particularly. It's tough. And it takes both. And we have to, and if you need help, ask for help. Um, because I wish that was there because the first 10 years of our marriage um, was absolutely um, terrible. On the outside, it looked awesome. I remember being in hockey dressing rooms where guys would be complaining about their fights with their wives. And they said, you never seem to fight with your wife. Well, that's because I never talked to her. We lived two separate lives under one roof. Um, is what it seemed. I would go do my things with the boys, and she would stay, and we, we put on the good front for people, but behind the scenes, they're, they're, it wasn't good. I never print double-sided. My husband did. I couldn't find the page. It's on the other side. <laughs> Oops. Thanks, Brittany. Daddy printed double-sided. I didn't find <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Okay, so I was saying we didn't have a plan when we got married, and um, yes, all right, well, I'm going to say my side of it. So the fact that we thought that even though we hadn't been married, or that we hadn't been married long and we'd been dating for so long, that that was going to be okay, but we were wrong. Um, I became quite sick during my first pregnancy, and I wish it had only been morning sickness, but it certainly wasn't. And I didn't think very much about what life might be like once uh, we had a child in our home. I only had enough energy, basically, to focus on getting through each day. I had no idea what was in store for me. But that day I first became a mom was incredible. I fell instantly in love with that baby, and I knew immediately that I had to do it again. Even though I'd been very sick most of the pregnancy, even though I had an epidural, even though this first baby wasn't small and giving birth wasn't a walk in the park, I knew that I needed to come back again. Mark and I knew that having children was something we both wanted for our lives when we were planning our marriage and our future together. We just hadn't discussed how many we'd have or when. Like Mark said, we didn't talk about things that we should have talked about. And as Mark said, as it turns out, it was too soon for us. Mark wasn't ready. And if one isn't ready, that means we're both not ready. And I didn't see it at first, but we could clearly identify that when we looked back. And we didn't have any friends who were having children at that same time. We didn't have any nieces or nephews. We were navigating this new life as parents all on our own. But I loved being a mom. I was excited to have a second child. And when Sarah was 27 months old, we had our son, the millionaire's family, a daughter and a son. I felt as though I'd found this new purpose in life that I never knew that I desired so much. It was motherhood. But now, with two, it wasn't as easy as it was with just one. So many times, I felt like a single parent. And it was actually, when I look back on those years with, with the, the baby and the two-year-old riding around, it was actually the loneliest time of my life. Mark kept himself pretty busy. Um, he certainly wasn't all in when it came to parenting. Mark didn't want his life to change, even though we had now had children. And Mark wasn't about to consider taking them with us. or He always encouraged me to get babysitters often, but I felt too guilty to leave our kiddos. And so I often just stayed home alone with them. I'm like, it's okay, I'll, I'll stay here, you go. And you must remember, at this time in our lives, we weren't serving God at all. Church and God wasn't a part of our lives anymore. Unless there was a Christmas tree in our front living room or some Easter chocolate in the house, 
Or now this is really bad. If the church was hosting me a baby shower, then, then we'd show up for church. You know, when Pastor Kevin and Sherry told us that they'd like us to share today, I asked Sherry if there was anything in particular that she felt that we should talk about. And she said that she felt that some couples needed to hear about the time in our lives when I felt like I was raising our children all alone and when Mark was completely disconnected. Sometimes it's hard to talk about those times. I like to completely forget about them because I don't feel like we're those people anymore. And those, those times can be so painful because when you talk about them and when you write about them and think about them, you relive that pain again. And when I was asking God, you know, what should we talk about? He kept bringing me, kept bringing it to my mind how impactful it is to tell our stories. And uh, as Mark shared his side of the story, it's, um, it was a lonely time, and it was a time where we felt like we weren't going to make it. Do you have anything you want to add to that? He already did. All right. So there's some key moments in our lives that have impacted me, or in my life, I should say. The day I laid eyes on my husband, I still remember that. I was sitting in the balcony of our church, and I looked down, and, and the pastor introduced this new family, and I looked down, and I, ooh, he's cute. And uh, the other day that impacted me in a big way was the day he proposed to me, the day we married. I, I so wanted to marry Mark and wanted to have a family with him. The day I became a mom for the first time, for the second, and for the third. Turn the page over. <laughs> Brittany was born four years after Jonathan, and then our family was complete. After, after Brittany was born, though, I could really sense God pursuing our family. Not that he wasn't before, but I just became more aware of it. One Sunday morning, she was about a year old. I got up. I left her with Mark, and uh, the two older children and I, we left to find a church. I just had felt this prompting and felt like we needed to go find a church for our family. We, we discovered at the time Sarah was six years old. She didn't know anything about the Bible. She didn't know any songs from church that we just, you know, it was just part of our lives growing up. And it was becoming a real reality to us that, okay, our children are on a completely different path than the one we were on. So we set out this one Sunday morning. It was quite adventurous. Sarah and Jonathan and I ventured off. We drove around to a one church that I thought, you know, we might stop at. We got there, and the parking lot was completely empty. So I thought, well, that's not a good sign. So we kept driving. I found another church that the parking lot was full. So I thought, okay, here we go. So we go inside, and the congregation was all singing worship. And, and uh, I thought, all right, well, we'll go down to the class, and we'll wait till the kids are all released. So we sat down there, the three of us, and we waited, and we waited. And I thought, okay, you know what? This doesn't feel good. Let's leave. So the three of us left. Nobody in that church knew we'd visited that Sunday. Hope that. <laughs> Don't ever let that happen here, please. So we left. We got in the vehicle and we started driving. And, and, and uh, Sarah and Jonathan are, are like, can we please go to Jolie's church? Jolie DeHaan, her and her husband are elders here at our church. And they used to babysit my children. And uh, they knew that Jolie went to Desert Stream. So we pulled into the parking lot of Desert Stream. And as we were getting out of the car, I still remember that morning so clearly. The doors were open to the church. The church wasn't here at the time. And um, the music was coming out from the gym. And the worship music sounded so inviting. We went inside, and um, the kids were released. And my children went off on their own. And I sat there, and, and I understood everything that young pastor said, and, and I related to everything. I went home, and I told Mark about it, and I was so excited. I said, you're going to love this pastor. 
So we, we, he came with us. The whole family came the next Sunday. And we had no idea, though, from there on in, how much our lives were about to change. You know, at, at Desert Stream, and, um, you know, for us, that's, we, we encountered God. We encountered Jesus. And we were on a journey as, as God was capturing our hearts and we were discovering a relationship with Jesus. We found through that period of time, we were still wavering a little bit back and forth in our commitment to him. You know, Mark and I would often say to each other, the devil did not want to want to lose his grip on us at all. He, w- he started to hold on really tight. So it was about two years in when one day Mark and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, enough already. We decided we're both ready to say yes to everything God had for us. And, and the thing is, once we let go, once we let go and said yes to God, oh, my goodness, everything changed. The favor on our lives began to accelerate as, as the, and the understanding, you know, the understanding that we were gaining, it felt as though we were being catapulted. And I must say to you this morning, physical obedience, when you say yes to God, it brings spiritual breakthrough, so you can expect that. Here, just grab the mic if you need to say something. As much as our lives were changing, though, and our hearts were being captivated by all that God had for us, it fully exploded. It was so amazing. One January, I'd gone to a baby shower that day with my cousin, and um, I called Mark, and he said, I've got a turkey in the oven. Tell them to come for supper. So they came over, my cousin and, and her husband and, and another couple. And uh, we were sitting at the table having dinner. And Mark had been having dreams about receiving the Holy Spirit. And he had dreams that he was about to speak in tongues and then he would wake up. And, and the both of us, we were like just questioning all these questions about the Holy Spirit. We wanted to know more. We were just so hungry. And at the dinner table, they said, why don't we do it tonight? Let's pray for you after supper. So we did. We went into our living room, and we prayed. And the two of us received the Holy Spirit, and we were speaking in tongues. And it was so incredible. (sighs) I want to encourage you today, just like Rhonda said, if, if you've never experienced Holy Spirit, ask, because it will, it'll change your life that I, since that time, have we had troubles? Yes. Has it been tough? Yes. Is there stuff in your life that you just go, why God? Yes. But I could never go back to the way I was because of the experience that I've had with Holy Ghost. And I know Barry and Tammy would say the same thing. Mark and Katrina would say the thing, same thing. And many of you in here who have experienced Holy Spirit, there's just something about when we finally say Yes, and just turn it all over to him, um, knowing that, you know what, life's still not going to be perfect, but we have the Almighty on our side and inside of us. The kingdom of God is now flowing through us instead of seeing it elsewhere. It's in you. And so once you are allowing God to do that, it will rock your world. It will change you, turn you upside down, shake you a little bit, and it's all a good thing. One of the things that I was able to do after receiving the Holy Spirit is that I was able to come to my wife and ask for forgiveness. That is something that 
people in this room, I want to encourage you. If, if you're married and you've done stuff that you know you shouldn't have and you've acted a certain way, first of all, get right with God. Holy Spirit, fill them up. I pray right now. But then have the courage to ask for forgiveness. Because once we did that, the Holy Spirit was one that took us to this level. Once I asked for forgiveness and Rhonda said, yes, I forgive you for being such a twit for 12 years. <laughs> that the roof blew off on our relationship. And we have just seen this ever since. If you'd have told us 15 years ago or 20 years ago that we'd be hosting a radio station with a, uh, with a listenership of uh, uh, potentially over a million people every, every day of the week, that we would be leading children in the next generation at junior high level, youth level, uh, in the community and doing things like that, uh, we would have said, no, no, because we're not right. But once we said yes to God, once we said yes to Holy Spirit, he can take you as long as you're willing to and make you and help you fulfill the purpose in your life. Each and every one of you. Like as Rhonda's talking, I'm just looking around the room and I'm being blessed and also encouraged myself with the potential in this room today. Each and every one of you has a story that you're in the middle of, some of you at the beginning of, and some of you towards the end of. But each and every one of you has a purpose here this morning. And we just need, if we all said yes to God this morning, if this group here, the 150 of us here this morning, would just say, yes, Holy Spirit, I am ready to have you in my life, to show the stuff in my life, he will turn you around, and this church would not be able to hold what God wants to do. It's so true. I want to create. One of the things that I did, I, I, I was a smoker. I was a smoker. I was a, a kid pastor smoker. I couldn't break the habit. I, I couldn't. Uh, I'm on, I'll be honest with you. And I wanted to quit. I quit for a year. I had a bad day. I lit right back up again. And I was so mad at myself. I was so disgusted with myself. I beat myself up and all that. The day that I asked Rhonda, to forgive me, and she said yes, boom, I haven't had a cigarette since. There was something, there was something that I was, you know, by not allowing God to finish that, you know, those little dark spots in your life, when you shine light, there's no more where the devil can hold on to. There's nowhere that the devil can keep a hold of you. And that thing that was just bugging me and bugging me, you know, I'm a kid's pastor, and, you know, I go home and I'll have a smoke and, and, and things. And I'm not saying smoking sin and that, but that was, a, that was a thing in my life that I wanted to get rid of, but I couldn't. But as soon as I was obedient and I did what God asked me to do, and that was ask my wife to forgive me for being a twit for 12 years, that he just said, okay, done. Haven't had a craving I haven't had any of that. It, it, it was the most incredible thing by just allowing Holy Spirit and being obedient and allowing him to do what he wanted to do in my life.
All right, so back to that night in January. The trajectory for our family legacy completely changed that night. We were not headed in a good path. And, you know, we were trying so hard before to just do it on our own, in our own strength. But the thing is, we were afraid to let go and let God. And that is always the biggest thing, isn't it? To, to let go and let God. Let go. You're not doing very good on your own. So why are you holding on so tight? Let God. You know, I found I cannot do life on my own without God. I try, and believe me, often I do, but I never get very far. You know, God has to be first in my life. And after that, my husband, and next our children, including our son-in-law and our granddaughter. You know, and when my husband puts God first in his life, it affects our whole family. Whether he wants to be or not, my husband, men, you are the spiritual leader of your home. <sighs> you know, there was such a shift in our lives and our marriage. It changed everything. When I think back to the first 10 years of our marriage, I feel like I don't know that couple anymore. Honestly, I don't know if we, if we would have made it through. We got to a point in our lives where we were headed in two different directions. We didn't know how to communicate with each other. We didn't have trust. We were, we were just so lost. But I am so thankful that we both responded to God's prompting in our hearts. Mark and I have said many times to each other, we don't know how marriages survive without God, you know, as in the center. And when Mark and I start to have a disconnect with each other, and it still happens now and then, without fail, there is a disconnect first with Father God. Without fail. So we might be in denial of it. We might think, oh, it's something else, but no, it never is. It's always, it always comes back to our, our relationship with God. The thing about walking closely with God is it has to be, it has to be a minute-by-minute, day-by-day kind of relationship. No formula. You just have to keep listening, keep following, keep being willing. Men, you are the spiritual thermostat in your home. You set the temperature for your family. When you invite the Holy Spirit into your life and let God into your home, let Jesus be the king of your life, your family is affected. You are blessed. Men, <laughs> and this is hard for you, I know, and Mark shared this. When you think, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. You can do it on your own. You're just fine with your life the way it is. Not giving your life fully to God, that, that low mercury on the thermometer, it also affects your family, not just you. And here's the thing. Husbands, God, almighty God, has entrusted you to provide for, to protect, and empower your wife. Let's think about this. You're frustrated with where your wife is at right now? Are you empowering her? Sorry, this, this really gets to me. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Marriages make me tear up. And I was talking to someone about a marriage before church, and I thought, oh, am I going to make this through? Men, husbands, you are to love and honor her by laying down your life. And you put her interests first. You got it? You put her interests first. All right, ladies, you're not off the hook. 
Ladies, you are the glue that keeps your family together. When you give too much of yourself until there's nothing left and don't take time out to refuel and to spend time with God, your family is affected. Just as well when, when the other thing is, when you decide to pull away from God, pull away from your husband, pull away from your children and decide that you just want to live for you, not only will you be affected, but when you become unglued, your family does as well. Ladies, you hold your family together. There was a time a few years ago where I started living for myself. It affected my whole family. Wives, God has entrusted you to serve as the guardian of your husband's heart. You're to honor him by submitting to his leadership. That's where you're supposed to be leading the home spiritually, husbands. Ladies, you submit to him just as you would to Christ. Seeking the best interests of your spouse, placing their needs and desires above your own, that's the secret to a successful marriage. Your marriage, all right, I'll say that again. Seeking the best interests of your spouse. When I look for every opportunity to help him discover his interests, get to do all the things he loves to do, and he does the same for me, takes time out to just look for ways to make me happy and allow me to do the things I love to do. That means I clean the house, I cook. She works full-time. No, I know. She works full-time, and I know, I, I, I know that she, she's, she's busy, and I owe her 12 years. Um, <laughs> but that is one of the things that we can do, and, and, and so I make sure that her car is clean and that there's gas in it and all those different type of things. I make sure that if she's got a busy day that there's going to be supper waiting for her when she gets home at the end of the day because those are the things that I know. But in the meanwhile, she allows me to go co coach football and, and she supports that and encourages me to do, be able to go out and follow the passions that I have also. And, uh, and once the kids are old enough to go get a motorbike, guys, so there you go. There, it it is, goes both ways. Here's something else we learned that was so interesting. Okay, so your marriage is a covenant. And when you pray to God, he doesn't give the full answer to just one of you. He gives each of you a part of the answer. If you're single, you're complete in God by yourself. And when you're married, though, you become one flesh. We're still one, even though we're two. And so when, when Mark is praying for something... He has to come to me for the other part of the answer and vice versa. God's going to give the full picture to both of us. But when you don't communicate with each other, you're making decisions based on half the information. Oh, man, you need to learn to draw out of your wife. It's cost me thousands of dollars over the years not listening to my wife when it came to business decisions and investments and things like that because I was, I, I was the guy. I know what I'm doing. Um, and that without getting her counsel. And she might not know a lot about it, but she's got the prayer answer on the other side. So, guys, you want to save money and not get yourselves in a lot of trouble? Do it together. Right. <laughs> So as Mark was telling you, we've been leading children's ministry for 20 years. We've lived a life connected to... Oh, okay. All right. So, all right, uh, I'll skip ahead. 
as we, he was saying, we are so passionate about purpose, and we believe that God has given everyone a purpose. And, um, you know, what breaks our hearts is when parents are struggling. Adults, as you pursue all that God has for you and say yes to him, it carries over to the rest of your family. And we challenge you, don't put a ceiling on what God has for your family. You know, each one of you still has important things to do or you wouldn't still be here. As I was preparing to share today, I started looking through some of my notes. And in amongst my journals, I found a card that said purpose on it, given to me by Wayne and Cheryl. And, and uh, I keep all the prophetic words that are given to us. And, and we pray over them. We look to them when we're making direction for our family. And, um, you know, back to the fact that we still go through tough things. And tough stuff happens. And Mark and I have had our fair share of tough things happen in our life that have caused us pain and, and heartbreak. And you might be living in the midst of some real tough stuff right now and uh, been asking, you know, where is God in all of this? And sometimes it feels like that. But I love this scripture. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. Hello? You will have trouble. Jesus said so. He told us life is not going to be perfect. The next part of that verse, though, is what gives us hope. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What if when God asked you to do something, you didn't take time to pray about it? Does, does that kind of blow your mind? God asked you to do something. Don't take time to pray about it. What if you just said yes? If God's asking you to do something, then he will see you through. It certainly takes the guesswork out of things and makes life a whole lot easier. Just say yes. Do you think your heavenly father can't be trusted? You know, what, if, what would it look like for you to live in such a way that every time you encountered a tough situation, you unleashed heaven? I mean, what would it look like if you honestly believed that you are a son or a daughter of the God of the universe? Like, do you understand what that means, what we have access to? You know, I believe that you would see heaven on earth, heaven in your home, heaven in your marriage, heaven in your children's lives. You would shift the atmosphere everywhere you went. Your family would be restored like mine was. Your marriage would be restored. Here's the other thing. Um, you all have a purpose in your lives and a calling, but if this isn't going well, then you can't, because you're, you're walking, you're living out of that. And so you can't fulfill the calling until this is fixed. <sighs> as we're just going to, as you can see, we're passionate about marriage because we've been on that side of the fence where things were terrible and it looked like we we're coming to an end and things weren't going to work out to this side where we thank God each and every day for what he's done in our lives. So we know that God can restore marriages. We know that God can restore children back into the kingdom. We know that God wants family whole. And we want to make sure that we live that life and we want you to live like Rhonda does she get when she hears of marriages that are going through a difficult time or of split she grieves she she it just because I think part of it is that it, she grieves for that but I think part of it is that she realized the blessing in her life that could have been her 
But she also knows there's an answer for each and every one of us. And that is God and Holy Spirit. And, and, and for us to live in the chair one, we all need to have whole marriages to be able to do that. And so this morning, before we, we, we go, and as time is wrapping up and it's Mother's Day, and I know you, know, you want to get out and spoil your mom some more, and I hope you, you do do that. You better do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we just want to take some time and pray. And pray for, pray for marriages and pray for families that they will become whole and that you will grab hold of what God has for you and your spouse. Singles, if you're in here, be praying for your spouse now, your future wife, your future husband. Lay out the list that you want for God so that they will put the right, God will put the right person Amen. Any single people you want? You want to get married? You want to have a full? Yeah, exactly. Be praying for that now. Husbands and wives, though, wherever you are, whatever stage you are right now, invite Holy Spirit in to bring your wedding, your, your marriage together, that covenant, so that you can, the two of you walk side by side, not one in front of the other or anything like that, as a partnership to what God has for you and your family. Amen. Let's everybody stand. Amen. And Rhonda just was reminding me, yeah, maybe you better do that, that instead of trying to fix your spouse, ask God to fix you. <laughs> you know, I, Rhonda, Rhonda couldn't fix me. God had to do that. But God, she could get God to fix her so that she was ready for me and vice versa. And so I just, uh, this morning, like I said, before we can go any further with our, our chairs, I believe, marriages have to be whole. And, and we are living proof right here that God can restore, that God can fix, and God can accelerate and take you to levels you never dreamed of as a couple. To do things, to do business Kingdom businesses and kingdom missions and, and kingdom ministries and, and, and kingdom life together. That's what God has for each and every one of us here today. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And once you get this conduit fixed between the two of you, it'll flow through twice as fast and twice as hard and twice as the blessing. I so believe it because I've seen it. I've seen it. We've lived it. So don't let, you know, life take you out. Trust in God. Allow Holy Spirit to come, fix you, so that you can walk in the purpose that he has for all of us. Amen? I hope this has helped somebody today. If we'd like to pray for you, if you if you if you want prayer, we're going to open up the 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 altars here this morning. If you have to leave, um, we have a little flower for all the moms as you're leaving, just because again we love you, we honor you, um, you're awesome, and we wouldn't be here without you. Um, so bless you. Um, but uh, let's just close in prayer right now, Heavenly Father. I just thank you.
Thank you for the hearts that you've changed here this morning, Father. I thank you once again for all the moms in this room. Oh, Father, just bless them this morning, Father. Bless them, I pray. And, Father, I just uh, continue to pray for the, the kids, our youth, the next generation, Father. We just lift them up to you. Uh, protect the ones that are here, the ones that aren't, maybe the ones that are, have walked away, maybe not serving God right now. Again, we call them back in Jesus' mighty name into their purpose. I pray right now. I pray blessing over each and every one of you as you leave today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you once again. Bless you. And if you'd like prayer, we are here to pray for you.